direct us and lead us in this time. God, I'm excited about what we have in store this service and the opportunity to just simply uh, set ourselves bowed at your feet to seek your face and to glorify your name. And God, I pray that this would be a rich and meaningful time and opportunity to do that. We love you, praise you, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've got a mic today because we're going to be handing this thing off. Uh, Good morning. Welcome to Awaken Church. I am excited about the opportunity not just to share with you all this morning, but an opportunity to be a part of a service with my fellow pastors. And so it's not just going to be me. Uh, It's funny, on our way to church this morning, I had a couple of girls with me. My daughter's in the car, and we were praying, and I decided to stick a little prayer in there for the Jags today, so I don't know if that was a spiritual thing or not. I don't know if it was disunifying or not, because I know Charles has a Steeler shirt on, so, um, but I I stuck that in there, and I just want to confess that to you all. Uh, For those of you who missed this past week, Uh, We kicked off our foundation series, and what we did is just two weeks in preparation. So last week, we went through this idea that it's really important as we look ahead to this upcoming year for us as a church, right, Uh, to build some good habits this year, and good habits involving, you know, spending time reading God's Word, spending time in prayer, uh, sharing the gospel, and taking seizing opportunities that God gives us to be able to do that, to show up at church faithfully and on time. And guys, I appreciate those of you who made that effort to do that this morning. And to that end, we also gave out to you a gift. We gave out to you our Awakened Journals, and uh, they got ripped off the shelves pretty quickly. So there's still a few more if you haven't had a chance to pick one up. But inside are some great tools and also an opportunity to be accountable for those good habits. And uh, if we need more, we can probably make more if you're really, really nice to Laura and Devashi because they spend most of the time putting those together. So I'm just gonna kick off. And before we do, I just wanna let you know what we did last week, right? The ground that we covered, that we, I share, had the opportunity to share with you all three leverage points. And uh, as we're looking ahead to 2018, three areas where our church is really striving to win in and understand if we win in these three areas, at the end of 2018, our goal and our, our hope is it gives us an outsized advantage looking ahead. And so one of those is going to be what we call our local mission endeavor. As a church, we want to come alongside a local mission that our church is going to be behind and, and supportive of, right, all together. That means all of us, we're going to be involved and uh, in a manner similar to how we're running Pray for Jacks, but hopefully our involvement's gonna be a bit more disciplined and faithful in that arena. Uh, secondly, we're launching a Deacon Deaconess team slash our first responders. So we graduated our uh, most recent LDP class, and what's been exciting about that is these are our most tested and trained, equipped leaders, and being able to see them take on roles as Deacon Deaconesses that are basically means you're overseeing a specific aspect of ministry that the Pastors have designated as a need in our church and requires that mature leadership. And then the other ones that don't are going to be involved as first responders. And they're going to be taking leaderships in other aspects of our church, like leading communion, uh, leading our Pray for Jack's times, and helping with the tithes, and all the areas that we want mature saints involved in, but are, are given a little bit more freedom and latitude than necessarily the deacon deaconesses are. So that's exciting. And then, of course, year 10, we're celebrating that this fall. It's going to be 10 years as Awakened Church, and uh, we've got some exciting and daring faith steps 
that we're in the process of defining, that we're going to be taking as a church that's going to define what we look like over the next two or three years, over the next five years, and over the next 10 years. So that's what we're doing. So that's what happened last week. Next week, we're going to be launching our first outreach series of the year. Uh, We've entitled it Game of Thrones. I know it was bad, but it's done. So we've already printed it out. It's too late. There's no take backs on those types of things. So, but it's a series going through the life of King David. And we're going to spend eight weeks uh, looking at the life of the greatest king in the history of Israel. So that's last week. That's next week. This week, what we're going to do today, what we're going to do is my fellow pastors and I, we're going to lead our church in a time of prayer. I'll share with you all at the beginning of this past year that we want to prioritize prayer more as a church. And I think every church talks about prayer. I'm confident that most of you as saints pray, if not all of you, especially when you're in a desperate moment, we pray a lot in those desperate moments. But building prayer as a discipline is a challenging thing to do. And we realize that encouraging you all to do it in your prayer closets, in your home fronts, and by your beds, and wherever, in your cars, wherever it is that you pray, that we want to come alongside and do more as a church. And so we committed to once a trimester that's Uh, Once every four months, we're going to dedicate a service where we pray together. But this one's going to be a bit different. So last year we did a bunch with glow sticks and dissolving paper and confessing sins and all that fun stuff. We'll be nicer to you and won't call you out to the carpet that way. Uh, Each of the pastors is going to take a few moments just to share a burden that they specifically had. And then we're going to call you and invite you to a short time of prayer. And then we'll have the next pastor come up and share. So that's how we're going to be doing it differently. So the pastors will share for about three minutes or so. And you're going to take about four or five minutes to pray. And then we'll cycle through again. And so I'm going to introduce Andrew Roberts, my the good-looking pastor. Not that we're all not great-looking, but you know what I'm saying. And he'll kick us off. Thanks, Frank. I prefer bearded and bespectacled, <laughs> but hey guys, welcome, excited to, to have you guys all here. If you have um, brought your word or you know, your phone, flip over to Matthew 5, 2, and uh, so this is kind of the start of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, so if you, don't, uh, if, if, you don't, if you haven't tracked through Matthew or it's been a while since you read the Gospel of Matthew, um, Jesus has been born, uh, he's matured, he's been baptized, uh, he's gone through the desert um, and uh, escaped temptation. And he's also kind of started his preaching and teaching circuit. And Matthew's entire goal of setting this up is setting up Jesus as, as the prophet Moses was talking about to be the Messiah. That's Matthew's entire goal. And with that, he's trying to set up Jesus looking even like Moses, delivering a sermon on the mount. And this is kind of what we see. And then we see Matthew 5, 2, super short verse. Then he began to teach them saying. So that's what it says in one Bible translation. There's some other Bible translations that say similar. And then there's some other Bible translations that says, then he began to teach them by opening his mouth. Now that sounds a little redundant, right? Like, don't you teach someone by opening your mouth? And what's interesting with that is that's actually what the Greek says that Jesus began to teach them by opening his mouth. And so this has been a really cool journey for me. Some of it is because I'm in my second year at seminary, so I'm learning Greek, I'm learning all these things, and I'm trying to figure out, well, why do some Bible translations say he just opens his mouth and teaches them? And then some just skip that, and some just say he began to teach them. What's, What's the big idea? Why is that even there? 
And so then that, that brought me to just study and flip back to Matthew 4 in this, this epic struggle between Jesus and the devil, this temptation in the desert, in the wilderness. And this is what, this is what Jesus replies to the devil in, in Matthew 4, 4. He says, but he answered, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So if we apply that to what Jesus is saying in Matthew 5, 2, as he begins to teach them these Sermon on the Mount, what, what, what Matthew's trying to say is, listen, guys, how you live is by every word that proceeds from the mouth of Christ. But is that how we live today? Or if we go back to Matthew 4, what is, what is the devil tempting Jesus with? The devil's just tempting him with bread. So are we living by bread or are we living by the words that come from the mouth of God? Because if we're living by bread, then what really matters in our lives is to be able to go, go where we want to go, vacation where we want to go, get what we want to get, do what we want to do, have what we want to have, and pass that to our children. That's what bread is. We work and we make money and we get it and we get to do with it what we want. Or we take a step over and we say, are we living by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There's two options. And what's really awesome about this is the next words that Jesus starts saying in Matthew. It's the Beatitudes, right? We've heard it over and over again. Blessed are you, blessed are you, blessed are you. And as Christians, and even as predominantly white Christians in America, what we've grabbed onto that and said, well, if we do what God wants us to do, we're gonna be blessed. Blessed to be a blessing. I'm gonna get a blessing from God and and that's just really not what Jesus is talking about at all. He's talking about if you're living by my words, that word blessed is a, is a bad translation. The best word is flourishing. So if you're living by what God commands you to do, if you're living by the very words that come from the mouth of God, Jesus says you will be flourishing. You will be flourishing. And I think my hope this year in 2018 and completely aligned with what Frank was saying as a church, I want us as a church to be flourishing by hanging on and living every word that comes from the mouth of Christ. And the only way that we're gonna be able to know that, it doesn't happen to us naturally, the only way that we're gonna be able to know that is if we're gonna be in the word of God. We must be in the word of God so that we can live by the words from Jesus. And so that is my hope, that is my prayer, that is my desperate longing for our church this year, is that this will be the year that we get in the word of God and make that more important than bread. Make that more important than our schedules, than our jobs, than our finances, than our kids. Because we think all those things make us flourish but Christ says there's only one thing that makes us flourish, and that is his very words. And so what I want to ask you guys to do is just, you know, as a husband and wife or with your kids or just with a, two or three people around you, um, just come together. Maybe, that's, maybe you're not comfortable with that. Maybe just sit silently by yourself and pray. Um, I encourage you guys just to take the next three or four minutes and pray. Pray that you would be a person of the word of God this year. Pray that God would just so um, fill you with his love that you would just want to know who he is 
and open the word of God and study it, to do it as a family, to do it with your husband, to do it with your wife. So we're just going to take the next three, four minutes and um, pray for that. Pray that you have a love of scripture, that you would get in scripture. Pray that scripture would be better for you this year than bread. Let's go ahead and take three, four minutes to do that. Lord, we thank you for your precious word, uh, the bread of life, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judging the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. Lord, I pray that we would take seriously the charge in the book of Joshua, that we do not let the book of this, the book of this law, the, this book of the law depart from our mouths, but to meditate on it day and night, being careful to do everything that is written in it. For in such a way, we will see success and prosperity. Thank you, God, for your word and how your word has transformed our lives. Lord, is the bedrock of how establishing how we are to live in this age. And God, I pray for my sisters and my brothers here that we commit ourselves daily, moment by moment, to be reading, studying, meditating upon the word of God and allowing your word to fill us and define how we live. I love you and thank you. And uh, pray in Jesus' name, amen. So over the course of this past week, I've been, uh, I had a chance to go through Exodus chapter 32. And in Exodus chapter 32, what is happening is Moses is on Mount Sinai. So what has happened in the past three months prior to this time, the Israelites were in Egypt under Pharaoh, and Moses came and said, let my people go. And so Pharaoh said, no. And so the nation, the people of Israel, they weren't a nation this time. They were just a, a family, a large, huge extended family. They witnessed the miracles that took place that finally compelled um, Pharaoh to let his people go. Water turning to blood, the land filling with frogs and locusts and flies, darkness for three days, and then the death of the firstborn of all Egypt. And so they finally left Egypt and through the wilderness, God was with them, a cloud by day and a fire by night until they reached the edge of the Red Sea and Pharaoh was chasing them, seeking to destroy them. God parts the Red Sea so they cross through it and they see Pharaoh's army destroyed. So this is Israel. They have seen God's miracles. They have seen God lead them, a cloud by day, fire by night, part the Red Sea. That God has given them manna to eat in the wilderness. God has given them water from a rock. God has provided for all their needs. They've seen the miracle. There's no question in the minds of the Israelites that God is real and powerful. And then they're here at Mount Sinai. Moses goes up to the mountain. They're at the base of the mountain. Moses has been up there for 40 days and 40 nights, and they ask Aaron to build them an idol. I read this passage, I'm like, I have no idea how Israel, who's been given more proof than anyone else in history that God is real, could possibly do such a thing. And so I was going through that this past week and I realized, you know, during these three months when they're racing through the wilderness and seeing God's miracles, there wasn't a lot of time to think. 
There wasn't a lot of time to rest. There wasn't a lot of time. So they're just doing whatever God has done and they're just filled with awe and wonder. And then all of a sudden they've got about 40 days and 40 nights, which is a long time. It's like over a month, right? So they're sitting down waiting, doing nothing. And you know what happens when we're waiting and doing nothing? We fall back into old habits, right? We fall back into what's familiar and that's the only explanation I can have for how they could possibly have decided to ask Aaron to make them an idol, an idol that can be created, an idol they can worship but they don't have to be accountable to, an idol they can worship but not fear. So I've been going through this book I shared in my partner update, uh, Yawning at Tigers by Drew Dyke, and uh, I wanted to share something that he wrote. And he said, an idol is safe. It never challenges you. It isn't threatening. It doesn't judge sin or demand loyalty. But the Holy One of Israel is a jealous God. Passionate and loving, yes, but unspeakably dangerous too. And are we all that different from the Israelites? We might not melt down jewelry to make golden calves, but we're constantly pulling God down to our level. We're forever creating more comfortable versions of him to worship. We too exchange intimacy with the living God for the dangerous illusion of a manageable deity. So this is how I want us to take a few moments and pray. I'm actually gonna ask you to do something different than usual. I'm gonna ask you just to pray on your own, right? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads when we begin this prayer time. And I want you to just simply spend the first minute or two quiet. Don't say a thing. Simply meditate and try to imagine the greatness, the majesty, the wonder of God. And each of us are gonna do it differently. I tend to picture God on the throne. I'm just at his feet. I never see his face. You know, maybe that works for you. Maybe the image of the ocean or a storm. Whatever it is that will get you that place of being able to acknowledge the greatness, the wonder, and majesty of God. I just want you to spend a minute or two trying to get that in your head. Whatever it is that puts you in a place of awe before the unspeakable greatness of God. And then I want you to pray to him. And when you pray, no requests. Don't ask for God to give you anything, to heal someone, to take care of you in in some way, shape, or form. All you need to do is pray and speak and worship a God who is bigger than you can possibly imagine. Does that make sense? That's all I want you to do. So I want you to take a moment that when I wrap up here, just I want you to bow your heads, imagine the greatness, majesty, and wonder in God, and then simply worship him in your time of prayer. And then Richard will bring us back together. You are amazing. You are majestic, Lord. You are beyond words that we can uh, utter to you, Lord. Uh, and we, we uh, worship uh, just the, the grandness that you are, Lord. Uh, our, our minds, as we try to imagine Whatever picture you put in our, our head, Lord, it's, it's not enough to um, understand or comprehend, Lord. And we thank you that, <laughs> that you are a God beyond comprehension, Lord, that you are um, one that is to be feared, but um, a loving Father, Lord, that we can share our, our heart with. Lord, thank you for being above all. In Jesus' name, amen.
good morning. I'm Richard Dubay, and I'm one of the pastors here. If I haven't met you, nice to meet you guys. Um, I don't know about you. One of the, the pictures that came to my head, Frank, was uh, the song, He Got the Whole World in His Hands. <laughs> like, like, oh, he's really big. He's got earth just in one of his hands, but he's even bigger than that. Um, anyways, um, so, yeah, today I wanted to share um, just kind of a vision uh, that God has kind of given me from long ago. Uh, I was blessed to grow up in a uh, home that went to church uh, with mom and a dad that, that loved God and loved me. And, uh, but I remember in middle school and kind of early high school uh, th- thinking two things. Uh, one, why are we trying to put on this, this perception of being a perfect family? And uh, two, there's got to be more than this. And uh, so it was in my beginning of my 10th grade year that I learned that there was. Um, that's when I heard the gospel. I heard that, there, that we could have a relationship with Christ, that he was a personal God that cared about us. And, um, and they also wanted us to live his whole life for him. And so that began the journey um, to learn about God and who he was and what that relationship would look like and how I could live my life for him. And I remember in high school, uh, sitting in church one time, and it gave me just a very clear picture of what not to do. So <laughs> we always want to know like what we should do. He's, he kind of gave me a vision of what, not, what that did not look like. And uh, for me, it was uh, this picture years down the road of um, you know, me with my wife by my side, my 2.5 kids, sitting next to them, because that's the, the national average, for, you know, 2.5 kids, um, getting, you know, having a good service, getting in my car, driving to my beautiful house with my white picket fence, being greeted by, by our cat and our dog, and, and, then, um, and then not thinking about God for the rest of the week. And um, that, that scared me. And that, ha- that has been something that I've gone back to many times um, whenever I um, think about, you know, what does God want me to do? Or as I start to see success in, in my job or get involved with different things, um, those things aren't bad in themselves. All those things are good. And I'm, I'm very blessed that now I do have a wife and I've got two kids um, and don't know dogs or cats, but <laughs> got a great house um, and and as I've gotten older now, I can see why it's a temptation to, to be that way, to, to just, you know, do life and then fit God in on Sunday mornings. And as I've kind of thought about it, why is that appealing to me? And I don't know if, if you guys can resonate with that, too, is because I think for me it's comfort. Um, to be able to go home to my family, to insulate myself from the craziness of the world, the craziness of different people's um, stuff, and then to put my focus on things that I can control, my job, my house, or I think I can control, my, my kids. Um, <laughs> but, it's, but, but I must constantly be reminded through God's word and through this picture that he gave me long ago uh, that we have to get out there. We have to um, be in community. And so... Um, we have to be around people around us, uh, helping them, praying for them, working alongside them, caring for them through the ups and downs of their lives. 
um, you know, being the hands and the feet of Jesus. It's not just having that relationship with Jesus, but also living for him. Um, and so I'm not saying that we need to necessarily stop any of those things that are good, but I just want to, I guess the, the thing that I, I'd call you to action to do and to be praying is asking God, um, first, what would you have me do? Um, so that's the, that's the direction that I'd like us to be praying for today is, um, what is that vision that God has given you? Maybe it was when you first got to know him that he gave you this big picture of what life could look like. Or different times when you've been on different conferences or you've, you've gone and gotten some, some quiet time with him or you've gone on a mission trip or something like that and God gives you this grand vision for what life could be like and, and should be like when we're living it for him. Uh, again, all those things that, that are in your life, those could be perfectly fine to do, but we want to make sure that, that they're first and foremost submitted to God and, and you're living for him. Um, I know for me that when I've successfully done that, then it has led to a way more exciting life and more meaningful life than just painting a white picket fence would have ever been. So uh, the three things I'd like you to be praying for today, you can um, get in the little groups again or just pray by yourself. Um, one is, what's that God-sized vision for your life? Um, you know, we don't want to settle and... and Look for some mediocre thing, but what's God-sized vision for your life? And pray that you would not settle for comfort, but, but we would strive for God's best. And then lastly, um, ask God to reveal to you who you should be investing your time and energy with. Um, we are very blessed that we've got great community here, um, but it takes time to cultivate that. It takes shared experiences to cultivate that. And there's a whole world outside of that that has no idea that you can care for people the way that we do here and it doesn't take much time or energy just to ask someone how their day's going tell them you're going to pray for them and then actually remember to do that and then ask them about it the next day it's amazing how much something a little thing like that can really impact people so um, that's what I'd ask you guys to do and uh, let me just start the prayer time Lord thank you so much for um being a relational God, Lord, for caring about us, Lord, for putting people in our lives that we can uh, do life with. So, Lord, we, we pray right now you just bring to mind those people that we need to be praying for and need to be doing life with and um, help us to figure out how to do that, Lord. Get the things that are just good things uh, out of our lives or in proper place in our lives and let us uh, focus on you. Lord, we thank you for being able to take this time to pray. God, thank you that you've chosen to put us in the midst of community, um, brothers and sisters with whom we can pray with, share our burdens with, Lord, to be able to love and receive that love in kind. Thank you for your great love towards us, God, and that you know us better than we know ourselves. And even knowing that there are some of us in this room who maybe would in our own flesh, rather just go things alone. And yet you've made us part of a family, part of a body, dependent on one another, Lord Jesus. And thank you that you know us better than we know ourselves. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness, for your love towards us. And uh, in Jesus' name, amen.
So I know you see, like, Frank, I'm seeing you a lot, and I apologize for that. But Vashi is sick, and he's our, our fourth pastor. And so um, he passed on how he wanted. I offered to just go ahead and, and take his slot. So picture me about three or four inches taller, uh, bearded, with glasses. And I'll start how Vashi would start. He would start with, uh, <clears throat> and then, that's, then he'd go in. So anyway. Vash's heart was to pray for the next generation, and which is really amazing because that's how I'd love to close out our prayer time as well. And as I was going through thinking about what it means, right, this idea of, of being a church that's focused on the next generation, I realized, I don't know if I'm there anymore. I'm 45. I'm probably a bit, I'm past the young single stage. I'm past the young family stage, and I'm hoping I'm still young at heart, but you never know. And... Uh, what I realized is I do think about the end of my life, especially as my kids are growing up and they're starting to head out of the homes. And what I want to share with you all is to have this understanding that um, when we reach the end of our lives, and again, for most of us in this room, that's going to be far, far, far away from today. But the end of your life, what's going to matter to you are the relationships that you have and the legacy you leave, who you love and what you've done, Right? The relationships you have, the legacy you leave. And this church and the church, right, God's people coming alongside you, I think part of the reason, part of what defines the church and what the church does is to help come alongside you to build, help you build those meaningful relationships and help you understand how to invest your life in a way that counts, that has lasting value. And as a church, we've chosen to plant our flag at reaching the next generation. And what that simply means is that our goal and our hope is that coming to church, this is not going to be about ourselves, but those who, who are coming after us, right? Young singles, young families, and young at heart. So I don't know how this is all gonna turn out because young singles get old and get married. Young families become old families and become grandparents and all of that. Um, so, and the young at heart, I don't know about those weirdos, but I'm, I'm one of them. We'll try and figure that out. Too. But I will say that I, I know, especially, you know, sharing in place of Vosh today, that with the Nemecheks and the Sowels and the Nagarathams, we started this about 20 years ago on a campus doing campus ministry. And uh, that heart is not changed at all. That is still our passion, still our burden. If anything, it burns as hot, if not hotter today than it did 20 years ago. So I don't know if this will last forever, but I know that over 20 years, our hearts have not changed on this and praise God. So we're gonna spend some time and we're gonna pray for the next generation, for young people. And you understand, young people, you guys are a tough generation to reach, right? You're pigheaded, you're stubborn, you're skeptical. That's what everyone says about you anyway. I would never say that. <clears throat> so you're a tough group to reach, uh, your cohorts, right? The people that you go to school with, the people that uh, you're working alongside. It's a challenging group that doesn't tend to want to put their lives in the hands of an almighty God. And so we're going to pray for them. In addition to praying for them, I, uh, I asked Larry to pass out these flyers, and we'll try and get these into your hands as you're going through your prayer time. And what I want you to do with them is I want each of you to take about three of them, and not about three. I want you to each take three of them. And as you go through your week, 
I want you to give them out to different people that God is putting on your heart and invite them to come and be a part of this upcoming series. I'm going to say this about you, right, and for you, is that uh, I know it's Game of Thrones. I already told you what the series is going to be all about, and, and we're gonna, but I want you to take the time to pray. And as you're praying, just ask, God, who is it that you're putting in my life, whether it's classmates, neighbors, friends, family, coworkers, whoever it might be, God, who are you putting in my life to influence and impact, right? Who are the, what are the relationships you want me to invest in? And what is the legacy you want me to leave? And I want you guys to be prayerful about that. So grab someone next to you. It's been, I know we've been doing a lot of praying alone. Now I'm gonna have you pray with someone next to you, one or two people. And I simply want you during that time of prayer to say, Lord, who is it that you're putting on my heart? And if you know if God's putting people on your heart, just take a moment, pray for them, and pray that God would give you the right opportunity to be able to invite, to share, to minister to them, okay? And then Larry will wrap us up with, uh, and close us out afterwards. All right, thank you guys. Good morning. Good praying. You guys are polite prayers. Welcome to Wicked Church. How about those Jags? I've been a fan for like two weeks. And I got to tell you, it's incredible. <laughs> Fair where the fans get such a bad break, but I'm having a great run, gang. Um, Jags can't lose for me. Either way, I get chicken tonight, so uh, oh well. Um, but let's hope they win. Ish, cool, whatever. I don't care. Um, uh, I love seeing everyone. I've got a lot of announcements to go through, and this will uh, this will be a lot of fun. But uh, I appreciate it. Uh, um, you know, the pastors sharing. It was great to hear their heart and great to hear their vision. Helen Keller, actually, one of our great American heroes, said, you know, one of the worst things in this life is folks that uh, have sight but no vision, right? So you really have to ask yourselves, what are we doing here, folks? Like, why are we gathering here on Sunday morning? Why, as a community, like, where are we going? And it's cool to hear from our pastors and, uh, you know, what's on their hearts and, and where they want to lead us. So uh, very good, very excited. Um, I myself have appreciated your prayers this week. My wife is doing well. We're like not in contractions today, although she's on bed rest this morning. So uh, maybe baby tomorrow. Who knows? We were, I was tucking kids in uh, this week, and uh, we were running around doing bath, and it was just crazy, and my wife's really tired. And I'm like, man, three probably would have been good. Like that'd have been, <laughs> that might have been the spot right there. Um, and she looks at me like, you fool of a man. Don't ever talk to me again. <laughs> Four is going to be good, too. Whatever. We'll keep rolling with it. Um, <clears throat> offering uh, Connect Cards prayer request in the back in the Awakened Giving box there, the mailbox. And uh, we have a couple things. We've got Jolt. Jolt, uh, that's our, that's our uh, young adult group, our emerging adult group, as I like to think of them, the junior high, the high school space. You'll be emerging into adulthood soon, some of you. I can't see because of the lights. But uh, if their kickoff meeting is next uh, week uh, for parents that are engaged and involved. So next week after church. And Sarah James, I, I guess I got you. She's, I know she's here. Uh, she does a lot of execution. Vashi's our pastor that kind of leads that group. But uh, next week after church, uh, folks that have been engaged or interested in engaging, um, you'll probably see them in the back, and they're having a meeting to kind of kick off uh, some jolt activities for 2018. So that will be cool, and plan to check that out. Um, 
we have baby dedications, a uh, baby dedication service on January 28th. Uh, so coming up in a couple weeks, I know we've got some folks that are already kind of lined up and excited about that. It's a, a really great time for Awaken to, uh, you know, recognize the responsibilities and the faith step of parenthood and uh, dedicate to our new beautiful babies. So if you have not connected with Frank and you've got a baby you'd like to dedicate, uh, connect with him so he can get you on the roster uh, for the 28th. Um, cool. We have a um, uh, and Vanessa had kind of connected me with earlier. We've got our Dominican Republic uh, mission trip coming up in this spring. Vash is not here, but I know, I know uh, Rachel, you're kind of collecting some of the forms that folks are filling out and some of the, uh, the initial kind of uh, uh, giving towards that payment. But if you are still interested in uh, kind of engaging or participating in the Dominican Republic trip, Vash is purchasing airline tickets, so definitely reach out to him to let him know you want to go ASAP because uh, we have a core group and they will be going. And then Vanessa uh, and Amory had kind of connected with me, and they're going to kind of be fundraising for that trip uh, for the church, and they're going to be making uh, – um, uh, I forgot what you told me. I was going to say besitos, but it's definitely not that. They're not, they're, not giving out any, they're not giving out any little kisses. That's what I asked my kids for. But uh, I was going to say pasteles, but either way, delicioso is what they're doing. So uh, – um, they're going to be making uh, some nice, uh, cool uh, pastries and different things, but they'll do them pre-order and kind of fundraising for the trip, and they'll bring them over the next few weeks. So over the next few weeks, they'll take an order, and then once they have orders, they'll bring them in on Sunday morning. So uh, get with them. They'll have some sign-ups coming, but it'll be a lot of fun. If you ask for any besitos, somebody's going to get in a fight, so don't do that. Um, anyways. Uh, cool. And then uh, last couple things, and I know uh, Jackie's going to come up here in a moment, but we have uh, uh, our Florida Couples Conference. Let's be gearing up for that on February 10th. It's actually going to be in Gainesville, uh, so it's a lot of fun. And actually, Frank and Gisela will be the instructors there. So uh, that will be really cool. So we'll, we're hoping to get there. Hopefully the baby stabilizes. I'd love to go out there and bring my whole crew, and you guys will see what couples are about. But uh, um, <laughs> It will be a lot of fun. We get to go to Gainesville a couple of times, uh, you know, throughout the years. It's a regional conference, hearing from Frank and Stella, and I know they've got a lot to share. But it's a good getaway, a good, uh, good getaway for the family. So it's on February 10th. We'll have more announcements, more details to come, but kind of get that on the calendar. But other than that, Jack, oh, you get to bring the baby, too. Great. Jackie's going to come up. I'm going to give her the microphone. Thank you so much. Good morning, Awakened Church. Robbie, can you say hi to everybody? Say hi, hi, hi. Hi. <laughs> He's been pointing up at this stage, and he, one day he pointed up here and said, Bible, Bible. So I think he's ready to preach the Word of God. We'll see. We might need to give him a little bit more time. But I'm here to do an announcement for Awakened Kids. And I thought, what better way than to bring a prop with me of my own son. This is Robbie. And um, you're a pastor's kid, so you get, to be, you get to be used for things like announcements and illustrations and stuff. So might as well get used to it, Robbie. Um, <laughs> But I am, uh, we're wanting to ask for some more volunteers to join um, the Awaken Kids team. We have so many amazing, wonderful volunteers already, and we have so many amazing, wonderful kids in our program, and we need a few more people to come and hang out with them. And I mean, just look at this guy. Who wouldn't want to come hang out with them? Right, Robbie? He just really wants his microphone. <laughs> so... Um, if you are interested at all in volunteering with our kids, we have four rooms right now of kids. We have infants, toddlers, preschool, and elementary. And the exciting thing is we are hoping to open up our fifth room. And that's going to, um, we have a really large age group together in the elementary room. And we'd like to kind of divide that up a little bit. Um, and, you know, there's a big range between 
Um, we, have, we have right now six years and 12 years in that room. So we'd like to kind of do like a five to eight age range and be able to target some lessons more specifically for them. And so if you are at all interested, we need volunteers in several of our rooms. Um, at the back table, Laura, can you wave your hand? I'm right back there at the picnic table. Laura is going to have some forms if you are interested in becoming a volunteer with us. And we're not just going to throw you, throw you into the, to the kids and say, oh, see you later. Hope it goes well. Um, we have a volunteer training coming up on February 4th. This is for all of our potential new volunteers. And it's also for, um, this is our annual training. We kind of go over new things and announcements and um, get everybody on the same page. So all of our current volunteers, we'd like to ask you to come to that as well. It'll be before the service, um, 8.45, is that right? Yep, 8.45. And, and, and we will reward you for getting here early with breakfast and coffee. So we'll have some donuts and some fruit, some coffee. Um, we want to make it worth your while and give you some great information too. And last but not least, I have one more way that you can help us out. If you're sitting there thinking, well, kids are not really my thing. Every time I go up to a baby, they cry. I just don't know if this is my way to serve. Um, we know that there are lots of different, different ways that you can serve in the body of Christ. And another need that we have um, in the new room that we want to open, there are a few handyman type of tasks that need to be done. Uh, we want to put in some more some carpet tiles, kind of like what is in, in this room. And it's pretty fun to install from what I've heard. Um, so we need carpet tiles installed. We need baseboards installed. Um, there's a cabinet end that needs to be finished. I don't really know what that means, but hopefully someone can explain that. Um, and there's a couple of tasks like that that we need. Oh, and the last one, there's a, we want to paint a tree on the back wall of that room. All of our rooms kind of have a big picture on them to decorate it. And um, I'm not very artistic, so we will give instructions and tell you how to do that. But if you're like, painting, that sounds amazing, please come help us. Um, so that's, that's all for me, but we are looking forward to adding some more volunteers to our great team. And Robbie, you're looking forward to hanging out with people, right? <laughs> that's a yes. Okay, thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you, Jackie. All right, gang, so that was a lot of cool stuff to participate in. Um, Awaken Kids is over a third of our church, which is actually really funny, too. So a third of our church on Sunday morning is actually participating in a lot of great activities and, and lessons and development going on in, uh, in our rooms over there. So whatever, whatever it is your flavor, there's a lot of different ways to help, and she's covered that. So a lot of cool things over the next few weeks, but February 4th being a, a really cool training session, so definitely check that out. But other than that, gang, it is time. You know, uh, God bless. Have a great week. Grab your kids on the way out, as always, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.